Welcome to Probably Bothered, the podcast that cuts through online business myths so that you can redefine your version of success. Because I believe if you aren't a little bit bothered, you probably aren't paying attention. If you've ever wondered about creating a business that is full of intention, one that allows you to make decisions from your gut and allows you to, and I quote, only do what you want, this episode is for you. Today, I am sitting down with Jamie Seeker. She founded Seeker Solutions, and it is an operations management consultancy that helps business owners to sharpen their personal skills and abilities, accomplish their visions, and achieve their company-specific objectives. We talked about so many gems and really creating a business where you as a business owner can thrive. I can't wait for you to listen. I am here today with Jamie Seeker, and she is the founder of Seeker Solutions and is so passionate about helping entrepreneurs to learn and grow and thrive, which is speaking my language. So Jamie, welcome. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you. Hello. Hi. Yes. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to dive right in and we're going to, this question is going to wrap in a little bit of what you do, but instead of just asking, what do you do? I would like to know does your life today look anything like you thought it would five, 10, however many years ago? Oh goodness. Actually, the answer to that is yes, it it actually does, but it wasn't more like that. I thought it was going to look like this. It was more what I hoped it would look like. And so I think, you know, if that kind of brings this conversation (laughs) into what we're going to talk about, um, yeah, I mean, I think we kind of limit ourselves on what we think is actual and reality and what we think can happen. But I would just encourage everyone not to put a limit on your hopes and your dreams, like what you think your life can look like and and never stop pursuing that. Because I couldn't have imagined five, 10, 15 years ago that my life could look like this, even though I wanted it to. And it wasn't really until I started going on this journey myself and started you know, going into business for myself and doing things the way I wanted to do it, that it really started falling into place. And it was kind of like, Oh, okay. So the answer to that question is yes, it, it does look like how I, how I hoped it would, how I envisioned it to look, but you know, did I ever think it possible at moments? No, I didn't. (laughs) So you started out in more of a corporate setting before transitioning into starting your own business. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I really came out of college thinking that I wanted something, you know, safe and secure and stable and a long-standing community. And so when I started doing my research, I found a really good fit. It was a nonprofit organization, but it was very well known and well grounded and had, you know, a world presence. So I felt like, oh, wow, I can make a difference. I'm here for a mission, but I'm also going to utilize my degree and, you know, my education and my skill set. And that was what I was going to do. And I had it made up for the rest of my life. That's what I was going to do for my entire career. And so that's what I did for the first decade of my career. And, um, you know, I mean, I went through really just a boot camp of learning in that experience and my work experience because we had the recession, um, and 
the great recession, as we would call it, you know, I had people, you know, getting laid off. We had resources kind of getting stripped from us and everything else was getting put onto our plates. And so we really had to learn how to do more with less. We had to get very efficient. We were in nonprofit, so it was already like that. So then going on top of it was just a really, honestly, I look back and I don't know how I did it, but it was a really great experience. And I learned a lot of those principles of business and how to do what we do even today um, right back then during that time. Our team um, experienced a change in leadership. And with that, um, unfortunately, was just not a great fit for our team. And directors were leaving and people were getting fired. And, you know, there was a lot of discord and kind of the ripple effect of that was just a lot of destruction um, along the way. And it, it, it really was, it was a tough thing, but I had made up my mind to kind of stick it through and wait it out. And I knew that it was going to be temporary and that I was going to, you know, kind of be there a few years you know, maybe I have to endure this for a few years, but I'm going to learn a lot. I'm going to, you know, whatever. And, um, but unfortunately the leadership person, person that was in place didn't see it that way. And I ended up getting fired and it was for not even a, I, I told her, um, you know, I really, I really want to be a good employee for somebody one day. And I want to learn from this experience. Can you please just let me know, um, why I'm getting fired and, and what I can learn from this. And she just looked me straight in the eye and said, no, <gasps> <laughs> Okay. So, you know, it, it, it was like one of those moments where I, I was having a hard time anyway. I was having to figure out how to, um, do what I do. And really, you know, with I'm, I'm an athlete too, and I played sports in college and all that. So it was like, I had to leave everything out on the field. I had to leave, I had to do the best that I could with what I was given and know that I gave it my all. And at that moment, I knew that it really wasn't about me at that point anymore, you know, cause mm-hmm. it wasn't like, yeah, sure. I mean, I've, I've had to fire multiple people in my career. Um, quite honestly, I still have relationships with even some of them to this day because it was like, Hey, this is the expectation. You didn't meet it. They were like, yeah, you're right. You know, and, and the relationship could still be there. But I knew at that moment that it wasn't really about me. There wasn't anything else I could do at that point, And I was going to learn all, all I could learn, but I felt at peace about it because I had left everything all out on the, on the table and I had done everything I knew I could do. I knew that I was, you know, still trying to create an atmosphere of like peace and camaraderie behind the scenes. Cause all the other directors were struggling as well with mm-hmm. the leadership and coming and, you know, instead of being a listening ear, I was really trying to be that peacemaker and be like, okay, well, what can you do? And, and I just knew that I, I played my part as well as I could. And it was no longer my time to do it. And instead of looking at it as something that happened to me, I chose to have the perspective that it was happening for me. Just like, okay, what am I going to do next? And I kind of moved into small business and I ended up um, managing an OBGYN practice, which was really exciting because it was also owned by the doctors, um, women owned and I started making decisions and started doing things that I had learned from previous, but it was like immediate change, immediate impact. Everything that I was doing was, it just, it was such a different feel and it was so personal and it was just really, really fulfilling. And that's kind of where I developed my passion and my (laughs) love for small business. So, um, you know, from there I had helped a 
retiring OBJYN transfer ownership to the new. And she was there for that last year. And that has the makings of being just a terrible situation, but it wasn't. It was great. I felt like a huge part of that smooth transition. Um, she went off, retired. The new one stepped in, kind of got into her role. We got her in and situated. And um, she was going to take a, a more active role of the ownership role. And so it was like no longer time for me to be there. And it, we left good terms and it was like, we transitioned really well. And at that point it was like, all right, well, you know, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I going to do now? I have this newfound passion for small business. Um, I had been around colleagues that had their own businesses and just got encouraged to start my own. And here I am today. So tell us a little bit about what you do in Seeker Solutions. Okay. So the reason why that all started up was because when I was a part of, I'm a strong believer in having community and Mm -hmm. being a mentor and, um, you know, and also having a mentor. And so I was a part of mastermind groups and I was involved with, I was in operations obviously, but I, I was with other business owners and people who were in the operations seat because they were running their own business. And when it was time for me to transition out of that role at the um, OBGYN practice, many of them reached out to me and were like, oh, well, what are you going to do next? What do you want to do? Like, how much do you need to make? What do you want to be doing? And they were almost like creating positions for me in their businesses. And I was kind of like, and it wasn't just one or two, it was an overwhelming amount of people that were doing this. And I thought, I'm just going to like, sit back for a minute and see what this is all about. Cause I don't think this is normal. I had that same response when I left my other, um, position, you know, mm-hmm. that I had been at for 10 years, but it was all internal, right? Like it was the same type of overwhelming response. Like I got calls from C-level corporate people that were like, what I had no idea what is happening, what's going on over there. And I just, you know, was kind of like, oh, well, that's nice. I mean, I've been here for a long time, like great support. I felt really supported. But when it happened again, and I had only been there for a couple of years, and these people that I was around with in my mastermind group, you know, had their own businesses and wanting to hire me, I'm like, maybe I have something here. I have a skill set that I think is useful. I have to figure out a way to monetize that and sell it. And I really just kind of took the time to, to do that. And so that's what my business is now. I'm an operations management consultant. I've been in operations for 15 years, you know, before I started and I kind of put together small solutions that all business owners need and they might not need all of my solutions because they have different skill sets or whatever. So they do those things, but typically they are meant to fill a gap that is in a business that they can't necessarily fill on their own, or they can't really afford to hire in an operations person yet, you know, pay them six figures and whatever. So we're really a great stepping stone for that. So those are, you know, a financial management solution. So if you're not a numbers person, you're like, I don't understand why my cash flow, my, my, Profit and loss statement says I make money, but my cash flow, I never have any cash. What does that mean? I don't understand. <laughs> and, you know, budgeting and forecasting. And then some are just like, wow, like I do my profession really well, but I cannot handle like all the staff drama. So, you know, human resources is another solution and things like that. So we have process management, making sure that everything you have in place is documented, it's efficient, it's, you know, you can repeat it. Um, so we have, those are our just kind of an overview of a few different solutions that we offer, but it's things like that, that they can pick and choose and fill into their um, business to help them kind of get to the next level. 
So I have had a similar experience in my career and we didn't talk about this, but my career started a nonprofit as well. And I worked for a national nonprofit and moved to another one, got a master's degree in managing nonprofit and then thought, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> it's tough work. Yeah, it, it is. is. I think if you're in nonprofit, you, there's just this like understanding, like and this nod of like, oh yeah, yeah. I see. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. But the thing that I, it took me a long time to see because I have a pretty varied career history is how all of your skills build on each other in a way that you don't necessarily recognize. And I think that's one of the hardest parts when you feel like you maybe one day do want to start a business, but you went into a more traditional career path in corporate or in nonprofit. And you're sitting there thinking like, none of these things seem to make sense. Like I'm going, I'm doing this and then I'm doing that. And then I'm doing this. And it seems so varied, but for you, it seems like you've taken all of these different experiences and bundled them up and wove them together into this incredible company. Was that an active choice along the way? Or was it something that you kind of saw looking back when you launched uh, Seeker Solutions? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't, I don't know that it was necessarily intentional, but I did do an inventory on what are my skill sets? What do I love to do? And I made an active choice to only really do things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I had a broad experience. Operations is kind of all encompassing, right? So you kind of look at it and you have to hire people, you have to manage a budget, you have to train them, you have to have a, a good process in place. You have to be able to market, you know, your stuff and, and make sure people see it so that you bring them in. And so it, it, it really is a lot. And I took that inventory and said, okay, what do, what do I like out of these things? What do I want to do? And what am I willing to work every day on. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't think it was as well thought out as you said that, like, you know, I didn't really think, but I think, you know, as women, we do kind of see the connectivity of everything. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when you actually do those women are from Venus, men are from Mars studies and you look at brains and you're like, okay, the male brain really is segmented and it sees it, you know, one track and this is, this is this. And women kind of are like, well, this, and they're looking at you like, that has nothing to do with that. And you're like, no, it all, it's all together. It's all one. But it is because of how our brains are kind of working and how we see, we see things differently. We see them all connected. And I think that's actually a very observant point that I hadn't thought about. And so maybe in my subconscious, I was kind of saying, yeah, like, let's see how this all fits together. But really it was, it wasn't as deep as that. It was just, <laughs> here's what I'm good at. Here's what I think people need here because this is what I've seen in business and this is what people are asking for. And, and I did take all those interviews. I mean, I, it wasn't really interviews. We went to lunch or we went to coffee mm-hmm. or whatever. And we sat down, we talked about their needs. And, um, I talked about kind of what I wanted to do. And I was like, Hey, let me figure out a way to work with all of you. And I don't think I need to come on full time and like come in and be your, you know, saving grace or whatever. Cause that's not really, that's not really my passion either. It's not really about me. It's how can I help you realize what your passion is and your dream and get you into doing what you like to do every day and offloading the stuff that just brings you down that like you just dread doing. You always procrastinate on it because it's like the hardest thing you have to do. And then you do it and it's not that great anyway. I mean, it's fine. It does whatever, but yeah, you're like, okay. And so I did a lot of listening 
And I did a lot of talking through because I'm an out loud processor. So I talked a lot about like what I want to do. And in that process, it just kind of, yeah, I think it did kind of pull together all of my experiences and, and really just had a clear path of, Hey, this is what I think I can offer to businesses and really just do this in my next steps and, and, and help other people. And I still have that passion, right? Like I'm all about a mission, you know, when you're a nonprofit, it's all about the mission. Mm -hmm. And and really the mission is helping others realize their, their hopes and their dreams and their aspirations for their business and career and, and, you know, really live the life that they want to live. And, um, and I think that's at the end of the day, that goes back to that first question, right. Of, you know, what does your life look like? Is it how you want it to be? And when I'm looking back, you know, at my early career, no, it wasn't, it wasn't how I wanted it to be. And it was how I thought it had to be. Mm -hmm. But now it's, I'm not doing anything I don't want to do. If I'm working with a client that just isn't the right fit, well, guess what? We make that, you know, very healthy decision to say, Hey, I don't think this is the right fit. Let's move on. Let's get you services that I think will be a better fit. And, And it doesn't have to be this, bad thing, you know, like I like I was going to put myself through this torture for years under leadership that I didn't really, you know, I had a really hard time with, but I was like, I'm in it for the mission. We don't have to do that guys. Like we don't have to put ourselves through that. I think, I think people are starting to see that now. I think the last couple of years have shown people, um, what's really important to them and not wanting to put themselves through just for the sake of, you know, sticking to it or whatever, whatever their reason is. But, um, but yeah, I started seeing that when I started my own business and said, yeah, I'm going to just continue to move on and do what I want to be doing. Um, and that's really how I came up with all the concepts (laughs) of our solutions and Hey, guess what? Like you're pretty good at this Jamie too. So maybe you can help a few people along the way. So yeah, I mean, most of the time, things that you are good at, you do tend to enjoy and it does fill you. And that's really, at the end of the day, that's really what I was striving for is to have that fulfillment and joy and also like be effective and and make a difference in what I was doing. You said probably three or four times in your answer, I only do what I want to do, which I love. (laughs) I absolutely love that. So I want to dig into that a little bit because the first thing there is if you know, a lot of people who are listening to this podcast might be newer in their business than the point that you are at. So how did you really come to the conclusion of what you want to do and how do you continue down that path? How do you have that like intuition check as your business expands and changes over time to make sure you're staying true to that idea? I think that's okay. So many, so many answers I feel like there's a lot of questions in that. Sorry. That's that's the cardinal rule of podcast hosting is ask one question at a time. And I just broke it, but I, there's so many things I want to know from you. (laughs) No, it's okay. It's okay. It's great. Um, gosh. So the first thing is I had the opportunity in my business to just start from that point of doing what I wanted to do because for so many years in my career, I wasn't, I did a lot of sacrificial. I felt like I was, you know, taking one for the team or I felt like, you know, and it wasn't even like I was really hurting per se. You know, I, I just, I, I feel like I try to live my life where I put others first anyway. Um, but I did it to my detriment and I didn't realize it at the time. And so when I kind of woke up out of that, I really started off my business in that way. So I think the business 
owner's journey is typically not that where, you know, you kind of do what you think you should do for a long time or whatever. I, I just didn't have that because I had that prior. So, so yes, I do what I want, but there was a journey leading up to it. It just wasn't in my business ownership, but it's okay. I think everybody's journey is different. I think the point of it is that we have to realize that we have our own ideas of what we think something looks like. What does being a business owner look like? How are business owners supposed to act? What are we supposed to do? And most of my work in the beginning when I come on with a client is actually kind of deconstructing that their own idea of what they think a business owner should be or do. And, um, and it's different for everyone, right? Because everybody has this different, maybe they had a leader that was a certain way. They're like, Oh, I need to be like that leader or whatever it is. And so it's really getting them back to scaling back to who they are. And I had to do that. Who am I? What do I want to do? What is it that fills me? And how do I get there? Right? Because that's, I think people can be introspective enough to realize who they are and what they want. It's the how to get there piece that where we come in and we help with that. And not because we have all the answers, but I think there's a, a, a very big um, importance to accountability. So it, it's got to just be an accountability partner, or it could be a business, a consultant like us. It could be a, you know, a spouse, it could be somebody, but accountability is a really key component, I think, to being able to do what you want to do and holding you to that because we are our own <laughs> worst enemies mm-hmm. kind of, I think we talk ourselves out of things and we do whatever. And so I think that's the biggest thing is I do have good support, you know, on a personal level, um, that I'm able to kind of discuss ideas with and really kind of stay true to. And I do have great, really great colleagues and, and other business owners that I can talk to and be transparent with. So relationships are key and accountability is kind of that secret, if you will, you know, that, that business owners are like, Oh, tell me the secret. Well, the secret is really just surrounding yourself with people that you can trust who are going to hold you accountable, um, and, and help you stick to the goals that you have for yourself. Um, because those action steps and and actually doing it is we're going to talk ourselves out of it every time. So I don't know if I answered all of the points. Um, You're good. No, you, you spurred another question. (laughs) Yes. Go for it. Go for it. So one of the observations I've made in my own business is I actually started two years ago and it was a side hustle. And when your business is a side hustle, things look a lot different because there are only so many hours in the day. So for me, I did a lot of reacting at that point in my business, right? It was, oh, here's a client who wants to work with me. Maybe it's not a dream client, but it's the one in front of me and you know, it'll be great. It'll be experience, whatever the reason was. But the point is that you're not necessarily proactively thinking of things for a given number of reasons in your business. When I went full-time in my business, I took a step back and I said, okay, this is serious now. How do I want this to look? How do I want to feel about my business every day? And What's the intention behind the decisions that I'm making? And part of that was the relationships that I have started to build. And even, I guess, more so in the past couple of months since I've been full-time, really having these intentional conversations with others. And so I think it's a lot harder to undo 
unintentional decisions than it is to start a business with intention. And so the fact that you were able to kind of take a step back and do that, I think, I hope that a lot of people can learn from that process because we hear so often that we just kind of have to take what we're given and we have to react and we have to, have to, have to. But if you take a step back, that isn't really the case. Right. Yeah. That wasn't really a question, but. <laughs> no, I, but it, it is, it is kind of, it does spark good conversation because mm-hmm. I think that that is something that I, that's a constant actually, you know, that I see as a pattern among business owners. I think that we do have certain personality types, those that kind of want to step out on our own and do things um, for ourselves may have different reasons, but I think we have similar traits. And I think that may be one of them is, you know, we do have in our mind an idea of what to do and how to survive. Right. We Mm -hmm. clearly have a work ethic that is like, Hey, like this, there's work to be done. Let's go and do it. May not be what I want to be doing right now or need to be doing right now, but it's work. And so I think we have that level of, and I, and I think, you know, for the first couple of years of your business, I think that's okay. And I actually would argue to say it's necessary because if you don't do that kind of work and learn your lessons for why you shouldn't, then you're always going to kind of think, well, we can do that. We can offer that. We can work with that. And I think you need to kind of go through it to be like, yeah, we can't do that. (laughs) And then you really hone in on this is my wheelhouse. This is my target market. This is what I offer. This is my expertise. Here's what I love to do. Here's what I'm, by the way, I'm really good at this. Mm-hmm. So sure, every time I've ever compromised on that and I've done something that isn't necessarily my service offering, it isn't necessarily what I like to do, it really changes my client perspective on me because that's not really how I'm meant to be, right? Like if I'm coming in as an expert, I'm a C-level consultant, I'm going to bring advice and counsel that is going to be high level. But if you want me to be doing work that your assistant can do, I'm answering phone calls, I'm sending emails, I'm stuffing envelopes. I don't know if people still do that, but those are things (laughs) that I have done in my past life that really devalues the other things that I can do. Because what happens is they're like, okay, well, I'm paying you for this. But then you're just like answering all my phones. I can have somebody do that for minimum wage. So why do I have you? Mm-hmm. And and that might not be a, an example that fits to everybody, but you kind of get the idea. You devalue what you actually do because you're not doing it. You're just filling a need that they have because you see that they're going through something. You want to fill that need for them. It's not necessarily what you do, but you can do it. So why not? And it's the only time that I've ever really stood my ground and said, you know what? I can do these things. I don't do these things it's been much more respected. And I think they see me differently. I maintain my level of, um, expertise, you know, in their eyes kind of thing. And, um, and it really helps to fill me because (laughs) doing the things that I don't really love to do drags me down. And I don't, you know, I'm not as great. I think I, I feel like it's like, okay, well I'm offering a service, but it's not excellent service. It's just giving, giving you what you need and I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot to that. So I think being reactive and doing that in the first, you know, 
first couple of years of your business is important, important work, but I think you can't stay there. I think you have to, the pendulum has to swing to the other side. You have to start becoming more proactive in what you do and being more intentional about what you do. Um, because otherwise you're going to stay in survival mode for your entire career. And I just don't think that that's what any of us, that's not why we went into business. We, we could get that at any job. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so we kind of went into business for ourselves to do things our way. So then why become captive to our client ways or, you know, whatever it is. And so we, I don't want to trade one for the other. I wanted it to be different. And so when I went into it, I made sure that it was. I feel like that's the mic drop quote. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. I'm glad I can have one. (laughs) We are on probably bothered, which means I love to ask people what bothers them. So what have you seen in this space of entrepreneurship that you think we could improve on that you wish was just a little bit different? Ooh, well, nothing comes to mind, maybe because it's like everything comes to mind. <laughs> you can pick more than one if you want to. <laughs> I think it really does bother me how how much we are affected by our own experiences, by our own perspectives, and maybe others' influences on those perspectives that we don't break free and see how great we can actually be. We don't always, I mean, I work with a lot of people that don't cross that threshold. They don't ever get out of their own way. They can't break through that vision of like actually doing what they want to do, you know, what they envision, what they dream of doing. And I'm just here to say like, you can do that. You, you just have to get out of your own way. You know, you have to put action steps in place that lead to that. And I think what we, what we do isn't as detrimental, right. In terms of our action steps, it's not like we're trying not to do it. It's just simply being complacent about it. We're just seeing that as, well, we're doing other things, but I see it as, well, no, you're actually walking the other way by not taking action and walking toward it. You're walking away from it. And so I don't think I'm really bothered that we can't see that when we don't have other people to hold us accountable or give us that kind of perspective because we're so bogged down by our day to day, right? That we're just getting by and we're doing what we have to do. And yeah, I mean, I think that that really, that really bothers me. It bothers me when I get to that place and I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I didn't even see that I was doing that. How did I get here? Right. Because we didn't get here overnight. We got here by walking here. We got here by, you know, moving in that direction, maybe slowly, maybe we didn't notice it at the time, but we certainly walked here ourselves. And so we can't, we can't keep doing that. At some point we've got to do something different and really just say, Hey, this is my vision for the future. And here's what I'm going to do to get there and take active steps, you know, to do that. Um, but it's, it bothers me that people don't see how easy it is. Cause I think for me, I've been doing that for so long and I have kind of a career out of it. And so putting action steps in place and holding people accountable to that is like, second nature to me, but, (laughs) you know, I, I do recognize that that is a lot harder to do, um, and execute, especially if you're trying to do it on your own. The obsession with Canva is totally warranted. I save so much time in my business using Canva's free templates and ideas. You know what my favorite way other than the background remover, because chef's 
kiss. My favorite way to use Canva is to create vision boards for the background of my cell phone and my computer. But there are hundreds of other ways to use it as well. If you haven't tried it out yet, grab the link below and get started. I I feel like it's one of those things that a yes, depending on where you're at in your business. For me, you know, spanning the gamut from side hustle to full time, there's absolutely a difference in my ability to set a vision and take action steps toward that vision. Um, but I also, I also feel like part of it is there's so much noise when you start a business, right? There's so many people telling you you have to do all of these different things, and sometimes all of those experts cause us to think, oh, this thing I intuitively feel, the action step I feel like I should be doing is not the right one. So that's Mm. one of the things that I struggled with at the beginning of my business was understanding that just because somebody somewhere on the internet said something that sounded kind of right, didn't mean like that's the only way and that's the way I had to do it. So that's something that that bothers me. <laughs> that is a really good point. And actually it is something that we spend a lot of time, me and my consultants on really, like I said before, we have to deconstruct a lot of that. And mm-hmm. we get into this position even where they're asking us, well, what do I do? And what do I say? And how do I do this? And it's really, we give guidance and direction. Sure. So we do answer those questions for the most part, but what we're more here to do is to help you figure out what you want to do. Well, how do you want to answer it? What is your natural reaction to this? How can I guide you in getting there? And sure, I can edit an email or I can and, you know, do a walk you through this phone call that you're about to have and, you know, get practice this conversation so that you can really stick to how, how you want it to go. But at the end of the day, we actually deal with that daily is as consultants, I think people, business owners are looking to us for the answers, which we have, but I'm trying to give you the answer. Like I'm trying to help you come up with the answer mm-hmm. instead of, it's, it's like any other relationship. If you're a wife, maybe you can appreciate this. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I recognize as a wife is that if I could find a way for my husband to come up with the idea, oh, then yeah. it's much more likely to be successful and happen and do it. And guess what? I don't need credit for it. I just need it to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of take that same approach working with our clients is yes, I know the answer and I know I can direct them and I can guide them there, but it's so much more effective if I help them to realize that and to do it. And and that's how I do it in raising my kids. You know, I can tell them, I can make my kids behave. I can tell them what to do. I can give them direction, which we do when they're little, right? You know, you kind of have to do that. But as they start to get older, it's like, okay, well, what do you think you should be doing here? Mm -hmm. How do you think you should handle it? There's a lot. What are, what are your options? Okay. Well, walk me through those options. I'm a steward for them. Like I'm here to help teach them and guide them and and help them leave my home and be able to make these choices on their own. And at the end of the day, this is not my business. I am a part of it. I'm, I'm honored that you welcome me to come in and help you along this journey, but I'm not the one that has to wake up every day. I'm not the one with my name on the business. I don't, this is yours. And so I want to help them come up with it. So that's a very big thing is there is a lot of noise out there. 
There is a lot of advice you can be taking. There are people that are good people that you can trust, but at the end of the day, you have to come up with your own idea of what that is. And if what the advice is given to you, if that, it goes against what you know you need to be doing. I always err on the side of like, you got to follow your gut. Like it has never steered me wrong. Every time I've been unwavering with, you know, my, my convictions, I don't ever regret it. I might be wrong and I might learn a lesson or two and I might, you know, it might look like a failure in the moment, but at the end of the day, it is, it's going to be a win for me. Cause I think it can be used for good, no matter how you look at it. I, I never lose if I go with, with my gut. But that's the end of the day. So I, I highly recommend people, especially, you know, it sounds like you kind of come to the same conclusion, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, look, you might steer yourself wrong, but if you don't, you're going to either regret it or you might not ever see if it's going to work. And at the end of the day, that's going to bring regret too. So who knows what if you do follow your gut and it takes you to where you could never even imagined and it's better than you could have ever thought. So I, I say go for it every time. Yeah. And in the space that I am in, a lot of people are, you know, solo entrepreneurs who are building businesses that other people have built at their core, right? The service that they offer, I started in website design, right? There are thousands of other website designers with the same market as me. The difference is your clients don't want to work with somebody who is a copycat of somebody else, right? Who is having running the same exact business, using the same exact messaging, using the same exact strategy as every other business out there. So the ability to follow your gut eventually leads to the ability to differentiate yourself and the ability for clients to recognize themselves in you and your business. And I think that's, and and part of that is you take inventory, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what do you do that's different? How do I differentiate myself? I don't need to be cookie cutter, but I am a very strong like believer in not reinventing the wheel. So taking what is already Mm -hmm. there, there are really great principles and practices out there. So by all means, I'm not saying like disregard all of them. And I'm not saying, okay, if your gut's telling you to just like jump off the bridge, you're going to land, you know, (laughs) on a freeway full of cars. I'm not saying that I'm saying, yes, like when it comes to, when it comes to these things that are, that do make more sense to you and, and you're feeling like, Hey, it's worth the risk, do it. Um, but also there is value in, in learning from others and not reinventing the wheel and, and putting things in place. It's a lot more efficient and that's what we're all about is efficiency. And so, but you do have to take inventory of your own, um, strengths and what fills you and what differentiates you from others. And if you're that solopreneur, that's like, Hey, this is what I know this. So this is what I do, but but I don't know how to, when people are like, well, why do I go with you as opposed to, you know, just this, I know other people that do the same thing. You have to take that inventory on yourself and, and be able to say, this is why I'm different. And here's how, how we operate and kind of go from there. Cause that, that's really, really valuable. And the thing is don't sugarcoat it, be completely authentic and transparent and honest. And that's so scary to a lot of people. And that also really bothers me because here's the thing. If you put out a false vision of who you are, then you're going to attract people to that person. 
But if you can be really, truly open and authentic with who you are and you're attracting people who want that, then you're going to be your true self and they're going to see you. And I, I always encourage people because we do a lot of, um, with our HR solution, we're, we do a lot of screening and interviewing and we talk to a lot of candidates and I kind of give that speech to them like, Hey, look, I know like your goal is to get the job, right? Like it's an interview. So your goal is I interview, I get the job, but I would just challenge you. If you can just make your goal to get the right job, get the right fit, get the right one that like you really want to do. Don't just try to get this job that I'm interviewing for. Try to be open with me. Try to be transparent because you might find that you're giving me all the right answers, what I want to hear, but then you get into this job and it's not really what you want. So just try to be open and authentic. And at the end of the day, like I want you to be successful. Like it looks better on me if I bring someone in, that's like, you know, great. So I do, we do that. And so it's, it's the same with business owners. It's like really be truly open and honest with who you are. And if, if that's scary for you, then you may need to do some work to get there, to be able to like open yourself up enough to let them see you. Because I've found that if, when, when we kind of unlock that with our clients and our business owners, and they're able to be open and transparent with everyone, their business thrives. Like mm-hmm. it is a, that is a cause and effect. That is a directly related correlation that we're seeing time and time and time again. And those that are just holding on to what they think they need to be, you know, they've got those walls up. They're just go, go, go. Look, that speaks to some people. I'm not saying you can't be successful. They, you can absolutely. I think that's why people do it. It's safe. But at the end of the day, we've seen just next level stuff, right? When you can open and be authentic and transparent with, with all of that. Absolutely. Well, I feel like we have covered so much from creating intentional (laughs) businesses and listening to your intuition and really making sure that we block out the noise and listen to our guts in business. So our collective guts, no, just, just your own gut. That's (laughs) that's who you should listen to. Especially if you're a solopreneur, it's just you. So you have, Mm -hmm. you know, you get to do that. This is like the only time in your life probably that you get to do this. So do it, you know, take advantage of that. Yeah. And do it your own way because why, why miss that opportunity? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So thank you so much for all of the wisdom that you have shared. I really enjoyed our conversation and yeah, this is great. Yeah. If you want to tell everyone kind of where they can find you, your website or Instagram, Facebook, wherever you're at on the web, and I'll make sure I link it below. Oh, sure. Yeah. We're at seekersolution.com. Um, and I think that's our Instagram handle at seeker solution. And I mean, we've got like funny (laughs) reels on there. A lot of business owners can probably relate, um, to stuff, but it it just kind of showcases, you know, how we help and what we can do. And, um, and you get to meet our team and kind of see our personalities and stuff. And so that transparency that I'm talking about for years, I just didn't never showcased it. And I finally brought somebody on my team to do that. And she really, it just brought a whole lot of humor. And I'm like, it kind of like let my guard down. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. like we do laugh. We are funny. We're not so serious all the time. Cause in my mind, I'm like, Oh, we have to be professional and we have to be, and it's just a lot of fun. I mean, I love, I, that's, that's a really good, if you want to see who we are get to know our personalities, I think our Instagram stories are, you know, up there with that. You kind of get to know us. Our website kind of talks about our solutions and how you can contact us. So definitely reach out if you're interested. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's good for a laugh if you're a business owner, just to follow along. Perfect. Well, thank you again. I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Thank you for having me.
I hope that you enjoyed this episode with Jamie. She shared so many gems and you can tell how passionate she is about small businesses and helping entrepreneurs to really find their way to set their vision and to identify what their dream business looks like using that intuition and deconstructing what they thought running a business should look like. Make sure that you head to her Instagram for some amazing reels and send her a message if any of this episode resonated with you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As always, if you resonated with this conversation, if you would like to pass it along to a friend, I would be endlessly grateful. And if you want to subscribe or leave a review as well, that would make my day. It would make my week if we're being honest. Until next week, this was Probably Bothered.